Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm Veronica Grant, your host and a love and life coach. And my only goal with this podcast is to inspire you to believe in yourself and that real love is possible for you, even in our swipe right, swipe left world. You with me? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number 158 of the Love Life Connection podcast. As always, I'm super excited to be in your earbuds again this week, and I just want to extend a special welcome and hello to all of the new listeners that have been downloading the Love Life Connection over the past couple of weeks. So every time when I run the Date Yourself Challenge, there's always a spike in downloads, which means I know there's a lot more regulars, and so I'm so excited and grateful that you're here. And just know that you can scroll on your podcast player and listen to old episodes, pick out some titles that really resonate with you and listen in. And if you want to listen to even older episodes, then go to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And there you can listen all the way back to episode one. But just know that it was a different name and a different brand back then. It was still about dating, but it was just a little bit different. And it might even be fun for you to listen because I definitely have grown and evolved as a coach, as a podcast host. And so it might be fun to see my own growth and evolvement because that's what we do as humans. And if you love this show, please take a moment to recommend it to your friends, but then also to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps me to grow the show and to get the show out to more women just like you and it helps me to ensure that I can continue making episodes for you every single week. So today today I want to talk to you about something that I don't really talk that much about on the podcast, and that is in the fall of 2014, I did one of the most scary things in my entire life, and that is I quit my job. 
And I quit my job pretty much cold turkey to start this business. Now, I definitely don't recommend quitting your job cold turkey if you don't have any kind of plan. I had a lot of savings, but even then, it was really scary because it wouldn't take that long to go through the savings, especially if I was making zero dollars, you know, rent and groceries and all that kind of stuff really adds up. And I quit cold turkey for a couple of reasons. One, because mostly, and this is the reason, because logistically I was moving to Texas with my then boyfriend, Stevie, and I needed to quit my job. And the other reason why I quit my business cold turkey is because I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I was pretty sure that I'd be able to make up my salary that I was making in my old job within six months. Thinking about that now, that's totally laughable because even if I made $50,000 in my business, I wouldn't be paying myself $50,000 because there's expenses and taxes and all that kind of stuff. So I really was clueless and naive, but I still did it. I quit my job when I had no idea where my next penny was coming in from. And it was one of the scariest yet best things I ever did in my life. And there are still days where I feel the fear and I feel really scared. I'm like, oh, maybe I should just drive for Uber or maybe I should just get a job that would give me a sense of security. But I don't. And I have to remind myself that quitting my job was a choice. And sometimes it's a choice that I'm still making every single day. Because what the payoff is, what it affords me is it affords me the freedom and flexibility to have the life that I want. And at the time of this recording, well, I'm recording this in mid-February, but by the time that this recording goes live, I'll actually be in Iceland for five days with my mom and my sister. And one of the reasons why I'm able to take this trip is because I don't have to ask my boss for any time off. Now, to be totally fair, I'm going to be doing a little bit of work while I'm there, mostly because the sun goes down at what, like four o'clock. And so I have some time to get some work done because what else are we going to do? Except go see the Northern Lights, obviously, which is why we're going then. Um, But the point is, is that me taking that really scary decision to quit my job when I hardly knew what my business was going to be and seems like kind of crazy ass thing to do looking back has allowed me to create the lifestyle and business and and really serve in my purpose and my passion, you know, in the way that I want to do. Now, I'm not saying that I want you all to quit your job and start a life coaching business and blah, blah, blah. I mean, of course, if that's what you want to do, then by all means, I want you to do that. But I'm telling you this because of my guest today on the show. And my guest today is Lynn Marie, and she's a physician. She is an attorney, and she's also a speaker and coach. And so you can tell she's done a lot of stuff with her life, and she's also quit a lot in her life, and she's actually really good at quitting. And she realized that a lot of other people weren't so good at quitting because of the stories we tell ourselves and getting ourselves an indecision and not knowing how to do it or what to do or where to start or the right questions to ask or all the conversations that needed to be had and all that kind of stuff. And so I knew I wanted to have her on the show as soon as I discovered her because quitting is, I mean, it comes up in relationships, right? Like how often have you felt like you shouldn't quit a relationship because, or you can't quit a relationship because of financial reasons or because you're afraid of what other people will think of you or the judgment of, you know, getting divorced or another divorce or, 
Um, just not really knowing what steps to take or where to even start if you want to quit your job or quit the city you live in or whatever it is. So I knew I wanted to have her on the show because this stuff comes up. It comes up with my clients. It comes up in discussion on Instagram. And and the truth is, is quitting is really hard. But Lynn Marie is really good at quitting and she's going to talk you through it. And she's going to share five steps to quitting. She's also going to share just some mindset shifts that you can take in order to make quit decisions a little bit easier. And she also talks about some things to quit that aren't so obvious. So, you know, obviously when we think of quit, I think the first things we think of is jobs, career, um, relationships, and maybe the city you live in, right? But we also have to be reminded that there are other things that we can quit, things that are smaller in our lives that are actually going to free up a lot of energetic and emotional bandwidth in order to create the life that you want. And we talk about that in today's episode as well. So before we get to that, I just want to share with you that right now I am opening up the love incubator. I've got about two to three spots available. Most of the spots were filled during early enrollment, but if you missed that boat or didn't hear about it because you're new to me, then, and and you want to work with me one-on-one this year, I want you to know that the love incubator is the only way to work with me one-on-one and it's the only time I'm offering it this year. So if you really want me to help you to really dive into what's not working for you in your love life and why are you feeling stuck and kind of just going through the motions and nothing really seems to be moving you in the direction you want to go, I would love to be your partner and I'd love to help you um, move through that so that you can really create the life and the love life that you want to have. So to learn more, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. And there you'll read a lot more information about the love incubator to see if it's a good fit for you. And then if you're feeling the tug or the heartstrings pull or whatever it is, and on any level, I recommend then taking the next step, which is signing up for an incubator exploratory call. The exploratory calls are no obligation to join. It's really just to explore to see if it's the right fit for you. And it's a two-way street, right? I want to be able to make sure that I can actually support you with the goals that you have and what you want me to help you with. And I also want you to feel comfortable in, you know, with me and in my coaching style and all that kind of stuff. So the exploratory call is really just to explore if it's the next right step for you. And so to do that, go to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. And there you'll see the form to fill out. And as soon as you fill out that form, you'll be forwarded to my calendar, which is where you can schedule a quick phone call with me so we can chat and get to know each other and and you can determine um, definitively yes or no if this is the next right step for you. So I only got two to three spots open and we start in early March. So make sure that you um, get your form in to me very quickly when this when you listen to this. And if you're listening to this way, you know, many months after, you can still head over there and get on the wait list. And when I open up the Love Incubator again, which I don't know when exactly that'll be, possibly in 2020, um, I will let you know and we can have a call then. All right. So as you're listening to my conversation with Lynn Marie, I want you to consider these questions. Do you believe you have to stay, whether it's your relationship, your job, your city, because you've sunk so much time, money, or energy into it? Are you afraid of what others will think if you leave a job or a relationship again? And are you afraid Or are you frustrated because you don't know what your passion is or what you're supposed to be doing on this earth? And are you in a job or a relationship and know something needs to change, but you're not sure what, and you're not really sure how to even get started in changing that. 
So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my conversation with Lynn Marie. Hi, Lynn Marie. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. So I have to say something funny. Um, so part of my podcast is I bring people on to, to coach and I almost said, how can I help you? What's your question? <laughs> no, Veronica, this is an expert interview. <laughs> That's awesome. I would have been like, oh, I forgot question. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. I'm not going to ask you what your question is for me, but I am going to ask you to introduce yourself to my audience and let them know who you are and how you help people in the world. I am Lynn Marie Morsky. I am a physician, attorney, and lifelong quitter. I help people to and through their strategic quits through my podcast, Quit Happens, and my book, Quitting by Design, as well as speaking and coaching. I love that name, first of all, Quit Happens. I'm a huge, I I love puns. So, you know, (laughs) like puns, you have me at hello or whatever. Um, Okay, so this is really interesting because being a physician and being um, an attorney requires a lot, right? A lot of thing. I mean, tell me a little bit about that because that's, that's impressive. And then to also, I assume you're not practicing either one of those professions. No, I am actually. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me, tell me, tell you. Um, well, I started off as a multimedia designer. I didn't start off as either of those. And I got halfway through grad school in multimedia and realized it was not for me. And so I went through a detailed process of how I decided that sports medicine was going to be my dream career. And we can get into that later, but for the sake of keeping this brief-ish, I decided to, well, at this point I had nothing resembling a pre-med requirement. So I had to do pre-med and then I did med school and then I did residency and fellowship all to go from where I was at ground zero to multimedia, or sorry, to a sports medicine doctor, which took 10 years and a quarter million of somebody else's money. And realized at that point that I got the sports medicine fellowship that it was not for me, that I had been kind of uh, unaware of some of the parts of sports medicine that were going to not at all work with me and, and my values and what I want for life. And at that point, I had to say, okay, I've got to find a way to use this medical degree that will pay the bills while continuing to find something else that actually does light me up. And in that process, I ended up going to law school thinking like, I'm not sure I ever want to be a lawyer, but I've always wanted to, like, let's be honest, I was like a super nerd and I tutored people on how to take the LSAT and I've always wanted to take the LSAT and just do <laughs> law and go to law school. So like when I realized- Always want to take the LSAT. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not a common thing. <laughs> I've never put that on a dating app, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Long walks on the beach, Elsa. <laughs> but truth be told, that's what I felt like because I was living at that time next to a law school they were building. And I thought, man, I'm going to be so jealous of the people who get to go to this law school. And I was like, that's a weird feeling. I should stop being jealous and just go to the law school. So I went. And after that, I was in a startup where I was co-founder, chief medical officer, and in-house legal counsel. But starting in 2010 and the entire time, law school and startup and everything that comes after, to this day, I've had a 10-hour-a-week job in medicine in the compensation and pension department of the VA where it had only the things about medicine that I could handle. Like the things about medicine that I decided I was quitting was I was never going to have call. I was never going to have a pager. I was never going to write prescriptions. I was never going to... um, Let's see. Oh, I didn't want like long-term care. I didn't want high maintenance people demanding that I come like at a moment's notice for emergencies. 
especially because I was working with the Arizona Diamondbacks and they would page me for things that were not emergencies. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. So in what my current job, there's no call. There's no pager. There's no nights. There's no weekends. I don't write any prescriptions. I just, they come in, I do an exam and they get money from it, which is, it took knowing what I never wanted to do to find a job that was you know, tolerable for me. And it's not that I wake up and this is my calling. This is still like a transition job. While I mean, I have recently just got a third job that hopefully like as it ramps up, I can start doing less at the VA. But anyway, that's the job that was in the background this whole time. So I went to law school, did the startup for a year. It ended up taking my health badly um, because I was commuting back and forth from LA. And so I quit that. I taught law for a while. And then after all that, I realized I need to find my calling. Like I've tried everything on earth (laughs) in many different realms, short of being like a dog catcher and a florist. And I've not found my calling. So let's, let's do an examination here. And I, I met with a friend and like we were going to talk about it. And as I'm waiting for him, I put down two pieces of paper and on one, I put things I like to do. And the other, I put things I'm good at. And the things I like to do side said public speaking and giving people advice. And on the things I'm good at side, I put quitting. And that's how this whole thing got started. That's amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious, like how, how did you come to terms, you know, cause I, okay, I can relate to a lot of what you said. I haven't had quite as many careers, but you know, sometimes you're like, wow, Veronica, you've done a lot or you did that or you did this. I'm like, yeah, not for that long. Cause it didn't take that long to realize I didn't want to, want to do it. And for me, I always felt like it was really hard to quit because, oh, well, I have a degree in it. I'm still paying off that. Well, not anymore, but I'm still paying off that loan or should I make it worth it? Or that was just a whole waste of time. So how did you come to terms with, or I should say, did you have those voices or, you know, similar kinds of thoughts in your head? And if so, how did you come to terms with it? Well, those, and it's funny that you mentioned that as the first thing, because the reason that I got onto this quitting thing or realized it was a, a concept at all to be discussed was that I heard an episode of Freakonomics, the mm-hmm. podcast, and they were talking about what well, it was called the upside of quitting was the name of the, the episode. And they were talking about the economical concepts related to quitting. And one of them was the sunk cost fallacy. And what you just described is a sunk cost. Yeah. You have already, and this is for the people in relationships. If you have that same thought, like, but I've already been there three years, those three years or that, you know, for me, quarter million I've sunk it is sunk, right? And how you need to reframe it or what I feel is helpful in reframing it is that when I decided to go into a decade-long path to become a sports med doctor, and when I decided to spend 250000 of Fannie and Freddie's money, it was not to become a sports medicine doctor. It was to be in a career that I enjoyed. So instead of seeing it as I paid to become a doctor, therefore I have to stay a doctor or stay working as a doctor, see it as I invested that time and that money in getting a career that I will enjoy. And since I have invested so much, I owe it to myself to continue to look until I find that career I enjoy. Similarly with relationships. Okay, I've been with this person three years. It's not great, but well, did you invest three, three years in being with that person or did you invest three years in finding a relationship that's going to be fulfilling for you? Because if you just invested in that person, sure, stay with them. But most of us are in a relationship because we want a perhaps lifelong relationship. I mean, yes, there's all different kinds of um, permeations of this at this point, but you know, still, let's say for argument's sake that we're looking for a monogamous long-term relationship. Well, you're not getting close to a fulfilling long-term relationship by staying with the person you're already not happy with just because you spent three years with that person. Like those costs are sunk. You don't get any of that time or money back by staying. 
That's the thing. It's like with food. If you bought too much sushi and you're really sick halfway through, you don't get your money back by finishing the sushi, right? (laughs) You are at the same financial place if you stop or if you keep eating, except for if you keep eating, you make yourself sick. And generally, if you stay in a relationship or job too long, you're also going to make yourself sick. That's, that, that's a good point. And so how did you, is that what helped you quit so much or did you, did you have to go through your own process to make peace with quitting or is it just something that just felt good and natural to you? That, yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about put, passing this along because quitting is my superpower because mm-hmm. in my DNA, I am as close to allergic to bad situations as you can get. Like my body, which in many situations is not a positive. Like I do not tolerate uncomfortable situations for very long, which some situations in life are uncomfortable and you need to sit there and tolerate them. And yeah, I wish I sometimes had a little better. It was a little better in that area. But the fact that I'm not means that I am so quick to realize when something isn't working. Like you said, with your, you know, your job history, I've never thought like, oh, I've only been in this so long. I need to stay for such and such long. My body just starts throwing a fit. Like anxiety comes, insomnia comes, irritability comes. And, it, and it's very frustrating to me because I'll be like, these aren't me. What is happening? And then like the second I realize that, I'm like, oh, I'm, clearly something is very out of alignment. And back in the day, it took a lot longer to realize that. Now that I do this for essentially for a living, I quit things weekly. They may be small, but the second I feel some kind of anxiety, I know it's, even though it's annoying, it's my best friend and telling me like this thing has to go. So even if I wanted to stay in medicine because of all these reasons, I was at the point where when I went into clinic, my heart would start racing so badly that I was taking beta blocker medication to slow down my heart. At the beginning of med school, I had had my first and only ever panic attack because I was clearly not supposed to be in medicine, but I just ignored those signs. And to the point that I couldn't ignore them anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, my heart is racing out of my chest trying to be in this place that I'm not supposed to be. So it's barely ever that I have to convince myself to quit. It's that like my body is like, you quit or I quit. Interesting. I also find that the more I become in tune and aligned, um, or just really in tune with my body, I can sense the energy of something like so quickly. And sometimes I just like walk into a place and I'm just like, nope, (laughs) I don't even need to have a conversation or, or anything. It can just be something like, you know, I don't know, we're going to go to this restaurant. We walk in, it's like, nope. (laughs) Uh, so, so I love that you shared that. So what do you say to, um, to people who have a lot of fear around quitting of, you know, well, is this the right decision to quit? Or is this responsible of me to quit or not? And let's talk about, in the, especially in the realm of like career, because that also brings up the fear around money and also the real need to pay bills and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the type of quitting I advocate is strategic quitting. And there are five steps to that, as I have outlined that I think work well for people. Step one is realizing that something is wrong and that Mm -hmm. something needs to go somewhere. Step two is dialing down exactly what needs to go. Like, is it your entire career, your entire job, or is it just the commute, right? If the only thing that's bothering you is your commute, then find a way to quit your commute, right? You can probably telework. Or if you're in a big company, the only thing that's really bothering you is your boss. Can you move to a different department and everything else is fine? Because you don't want to quit more than you need to. So that's step two, figure out what needs to go. Step three is overcoming quitting related fears, which fall into two categories. The next step we'll deal with is the logistics, which is the time, or sorry, the money and, and those kinds of things. But in this step, you have to identify the fears that are more esoteric, like the, what will people think of my quit if that's something that's bothering you? Or the, did I waste time and money? Which the answer is no. If you learned anything from what you were in, then it is not a waste. But there's a, there are some of these more societal based fears. Then where your question came, comes to is if you're in a th- job or relationship that's going to 
change your financial status when you leave. You know, if you're a job and that was the paycheck that, you know, the sole breadwinner or the majority breadwinner, or you're in a relationship where maybe you weren't bringing in any bread. And now if you're going to break up, you're going to have to find some way to make some, then you definitely have to prepare your finances. So it's generally not an issue of should I quit or should I not quit? If something is wrong for you, you maybe not as likely can quit immediately if you have financial ties, but it just means that you need to start making financial preparations. So don't say like, I can't quit this because I can't afford to. That mindset's going to make you feel really stuck, really trapped. Realize I need to quit this thing. I need to start making financial preparations so I can quit. I can't quit tomorrow. Unless of course your health is suffering so badly that like you're, you know, you're afraid to the edges, then maybe, you know, say, hey, can I move home with mom and dad or some, you know, in with a friend or someone that's going to be a soft landing for you while you get yourself healthier? Because I'm not saying, oh, just because you don't have financial independence, you need to work yourself to death. But if you're not at a point where your health is suffering, hang out in that job or relationship until you've built at least enough of a financial cushion so that when you make that transition, you're not homeless. Mm-hmm. And do you ever advocate for, you know, someone just wakes up one day and they're just like, I need to get out of this again, whether it's a relationship or a job, or do you still recommend going through the steps, even though they just like have this intuitive hit, like I'm done, need to go. I'd say that's very case by case, right? If you're in a relationship, you have no children, you're not married, you're not living together and you really feel like it needs to go and like nothing like that your life wouldn't suffer if you made that wrong decision, you know? you're 20 something, you're not like in this desperate need to have a kid or whatever the circumstances. If that, if you just suddenly feel that, okay, I'm I'm not going to make a judgment call that that's wrong. I think quits should be thought out to where you have the fewest quote unquote regrets. I don't like to say regrets, you know, but if you make a spontaneous decision one day because you woke up on maybe the wrong side of the bed or, you know, didn't get great sleep last night or whatever, you might not feel the same way the next day. Then that's much more likely that you'd have regrets about it. So I'm just trying to minimize regrets by this process. Like you don't want to quit a job and be like, oh, I regret quitting because I don't have a financial, um, any runway. Or I regret the way I quit it because I burned a bunch of bridges. You know, if you up and quit a relationship and you don't tell the person you're quitting on anything ahead of time that there there was anything wrong, you wake up one day like, last night everything was fine. Today I I want you gone. They're going to be really confused and hurt and left with a really bad taste in their mouth. So I think, you know, that person deserves at least a little discussion on what might be going on with you. I'm not saying don't quit. I'm just saying like, if there are other people involved, then just consider the ramifications of what you're doing. But if you want to up and quit a mindset, fantastic. Do that. You know, if you wake up one day and you're like, I'm tired of having a scarcity mindset. I would like to quit that mindset. I would like to quit imposter syndrome. Yes, please up and quit all of those immediately. (laughs) I, I love that. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, what about if someone can't decide if they should quit? I advocate the good old pro and cons list, but take it a step further. So you look at the pros of quitting and you look at the cons of quitting. Maybe they come out completely, you know, equal. Then, (laughs) yeah, then just quit in your head. Just say, okay, I'm not going back to this job tomorrow. And then take inventory of how you feel. Or I'm going to break up with Joe or whatever tomorrow. How do you feel? Do you feel relief? Or do you feel wistful, like, oh, I wish I had that person back? Or, oh, that was a bad decision to make? Because I think your intuition is the one that's going to be, it knows what's best for you, right? And your intuition can even look when you're making that pro and con list. Like, are you angry at the cons than you are excited about the pros? 
And, and so just take stock because your intuition will tell you. And most quits now with mass, massive exceptions, of course, but most quits are not permanent. And you can also take breaks, you know, mini quits. So if you're thinking about a relationship quit, say, Hey, I'm having some reservations, especially if you've already tried counseling or something. Maybe I just need to take a few weeks alone to myself to have some inner dialogue instead of just quitting. Because if you're really ambivalent, you can't really decide which way to go, then essentially do a mini quit, which is spend three weeks by yourself. That's essentially a breakup. You know, it's not permanent, but it gives you some sense of what it would be like. Same thing with your job. I once thought that my VA job was causing me stress and anxiety. It wasn't at the time. It was the startup I was in. But what I did is I did a mini quit. I just took a month off of the VA to see like, hey, does quitting this thing make make my anxiety better? And I realized, oh no, it doesn't. It's the other thing that's causing me anxiety. So if you can somehow take a break, I think that will help you get a feeling of what that quit would be like. And that'll tell you some more information. I think that's a, I think that's a really good, a good point. Cause I think a lot of times, um, you know, I've just talked to a lot of women who just put so much pressure on themselves to make a decision and it's like do or die. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that way when you're trying to make a decision from that place. Um, I mean, you know, like side, like C-I-D-E is like, you know, suicide or homicide. So it's like to kill. And so it can really make yourself feel like that. And I just find it's really hard to tap into your intuition, you know, and pros and cons. I think it's good just to get things on paper, but you can convince yourself of anything you want. Like that's what the brain is really good at. Like one day you can be like, yes, I'm definitely leaving this relationship the next day. Like, no. And you're, that's what your brain is designed to do, but your intuition is not going to lead you astray. It's just going to, it's going to feel how, how it feels, but the more pressure you put on yourself to decide whether or not you're going to quit, um, is a really hard place to be. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's best to let things develop in their own time. And your intuition will tell you that as well. Like if I don't need to quit a thing for a while, then my intuition is just giving me little like pings. Like, oh, I might feel a little sickness in my stomach when something comes up. And that tells me, hey, you mean, may need to quit a thing. So that means I can start the quitting process, but it's not until I'm having full out panic attacks or insomnia or whatever anybody else might have, migraines, chronic pain, to where you need to make that quit immediately. Like Again, quitting isn't easy. Don't make it harder on yourself by giving you, yourself some kind of ridiculously short timeline to do it. In. Let it evolve naturally as your intuition allows. Yeah. Yeah. I also find that sometimes making a decision to not to decide, like say, okay, I'm going to revisit this in like a month or a week or a year, whatever it is. I don't know. But even sometimes that can just take the pressure off. And then a lot of times intuition, intuition can knock you upside the head. <laughs> you it's know? true. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple other questions. So you talked when you're telling us about yourself, you talked about, you know, you're like, what's my, what's my purpose? What's my passion? Like, what am I here to do? And this is a big question that I get a lot and I don't really talk about it that much on the podcast, but I feel like it's come up with a lot of my clients. So I feel like other people are wondering this too. And so how can you use quitting to find your purpose or your passion? Quitting to me is best at developing this thing that I call the no list. So each time you quit something, start compiling, whether it's physical or just mental in your head, a list of the things that cause you to quit that you never want to do again. And this can be in relationships and careers and callings and and, um, your passion. In work, I know I never want to work in a startup that's not paying me anything. 
Like I realized from the startup world, that was too much of a financial stress for me to handle. I, like I said, with the other no list, I don't want to do call. I don't want to work nights or weekends. If you're in the, I'm not sure what my calling is, look back at everything that you've done and why you've left those things. And that will help you develop the no list. But on the flip side of that, while you're developing that no list, develop the yes list. Like, what did you love about those things? Because like you were talking about, a whole lot of people put the pressure on themselves. You can either do what I did to try to find your calling or your calling can find you. And I've had both of those things happen. So when I went to find my calling, that's when I got out the list. Okay, what am I good at? What do I like to do? Some people, they take it further and they have the list of what can I make money with and what can help the world. That's this thing that's called like Ikigai. There's this, you'll see this meme if you just search Ikigai and it shows those kind of four overlapping Venn diagrams. Like the thing you should do is that where these four areas overlap, right? But for me, it was just like, when I put pen to paper, which essentially talks more to the subconscious is like, what do I love doing? And the fact that quitting came out when I said, what am I good at? Like, I would not have consciously thought, what am I good at quitting? Like, it's just when I asked my intuition. But you can also let your calling find you, which is uh, somebody I had on my podcast was just like, I just gave myself two years. I was going to quit in two years. And I was going to spend those two years doing absolutely everything I loved doing. And then, you know, somewhere in that two years, he realized everything that he was signing up for was some kind of self-personal development course or mastermind group. And he's like, I'm really into personal development. And I've had that same thing happen recently. I have been into biohacking for like a decade. And I have an entire separate Instagram for my quitting Instagram just for like biohacking and fitness things. Never thinking I could ever make any kind of money off of it. And the other thing that I loved, even though I really did not like like teaching law, I loved editing their term papers. Like I would be just like who likes to take the LSAT, who likes to edit really long papers? I did. Like it was super fun. Like, I don't know. There's some OCD part of me that wants things to be correct. That was like, make this better, make this better, make this better. I recently was hired as a chief medical officer for a biohacking company, essentially, which I would have never thought biohacking and I would have never thought editing were two things I would ever make any kind of living off of. But they were, it was like where my calling found me. And so if you are trying to find a calling, but you've got this massive passion in some area, well, don't ignore that. Like I found this by following one of the other biohackers on Instagram. And then he posted, we're looking for a medical editor. Like that's, it's only because I kept one eye on the things that I still enjoy doing that I even found this. So really dig deep. And like, if you said, what are you good at? I would have never thought editing. But once that thing popped up, I was like, oh my God, I do love editing. So Either take the pressure off yourself, give yourself some time and realize your calling can find you, or you know you can try these lists to find your calling in a more proactive manner. But somewhere between the two, you just have to know yourself pretty well and follow, follow what lights you up. Yeah. And basically what you're saying is that you're not going to find your passion by thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I, right. Like, I mean, I thought about it in making the list, but yeah, I definitely had to go to the making the list part, you know, just right. But you were like, you know, you were, you were out trying different things and you're like, that's a yes, that's a no. And and you thought about it afterwards, like in a reflective sense, but I just find a lot of women just constantly like, you know, on their commute and at their job, like just sitting there stewing and like, what's my passion? And they're doing some crappy job. And like, that's fine. That because maybe that crappy job is paying the bills right now, but you have to do other things in order just start getting that yes, no. And I think what people are afraid of is getting that no. Like, yeah. oh, this isn't my passion. Oh, yeah. well, I'm not good at this. Yeah. And, and I have two things on that. First off, if you get that no, guess what? You can always quit again. Like quitting isn't something you do once, right? You just right. develop that strategic quitting 
framework, like I was talking about, which is knowing your intuition, knowing when things are, are going wrong. And the second thing I'd say to that is I tried what you were talking about. I tried just thinking about my passion and it wasn't coming to me. And I finally listened to a podcast. Uh, it was Tim Ferriss's podcast and Seth Godin was on. And he gave this advice that I think might also be helpful. He said, if you don't know what your passion is, ask your friends what they think of. Like, what would your friends come to you for advice on? Hmm. And so I did that. That's how I ended up meeting with a friend and writing out those pieces of paper where I put my likes and what I was good at. It was because I put a post on Facebook and I said, guys, um, I've done a bunch of stuff. What do you think I should do? Like write a book, start a nonprofit, give talks on this and that. Like I got all kinds of feedback from my friends and it was one of them who's like, let's meet and talk about this. But yeah, I wasn't at the point where I could just randomly visualize my passion. So maybe ask your friends because they may be able to see you from the outside better than you can even see yourself. I think that's a great suggestion. And that's something I actually did when I started my business. And I was like, how do people see me in the world? Because it's weird to like think about that. And so I would just, I asked, you know, old supervisors, friends, colleagues, like, what do you think of when you think of me? Or like, what do you think I'm good at? And what's interesting is I learned some things that I'm good at that I thought everyone else was good at. Like, I thought everyone was really good at planning and get their shit together and get a to-do list. Like, checked off, but that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great true. insight. Um, and, and so I, I, I love that. So one more thing that I want to ask you is, you have talked a lot about quitting jobs, quitting relationships, and those are maybe some of the obvious things we might think of, um, when it comes to quitting, what are some of the least or less obvious things that are really helpful to quit and that maybe we could just decide to quit like right now. <laughs> right now. You can decide to quit right now mindsets. And like I said before, a lot of the quit behind a quit is a mindset quit. So if you're in a relationship and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I'm stuck in this relationship because I'm too afraid to quit it because I'm afraid of what everybody will say if I get a divorce, then you might need to first quit the mindset of I care what society thinks. Mm-hmm. Or or I or society gets to decide whether being single is, is right or wrong. Like there's often a mindset that's keeping you stuck. So there's a quit behind the quit is something you can probably do now. Now I'm saying you can do it now. These aren't easy. You might have to go, you know, get your local therapist involved in these. Cause you know, mindsets come, they're ingrained often. They came from a place, but other my um, quits that are easier that have made a huge difference for me. I quit cooking. Like there's nothing that was giving me more anxiety in a day than trying to figure out food. What was I supposed to eat? Which diet? Where do I get the ingredients? I, I do not cook. I have somebody deliver food to me. And that quit was huge. Uh, another quit that I loved that seems kind of bizarre is that I quit my yoga membership and I have a class card. You know, you could either pay a big amount of money per month that would only pay itself off if you made it twice a week or you could pay per class. And I got the, you know, the membership and I was stressing out about getting to yoga enough. And I was like, well, that's totally counterproductive. Like who stresses out <laughs> about getting to yoga so you can go in on stress? Like ridiculous. And I just quit that membership. And it can be these little quits in your life that make a big difference. Like think about your to-do list. You know, the big thing now is like, Marie Kondoing everything, <laughs> Marie Kondo your to-do list and look at like what is not bringing you joy on that to-do list. If you really don't love bringing muffins to the PTA once a week, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of eh, to say, hey, I'm sorry guys, it really no longer fits in my schedule. But think of like the mental space that'll free up when you have one less thing to do that was not lighting you up in the first place. Quit those little things. Stick with the high yield activities that you really enjoy. Oh, I love that. I, I didn't even think of those little things. Like I, 
I'm trying to think of something that I've quite recently, we were a little bit of a, a weird transition because we just moved. So I feel like my to-do list is a little bit longer than, uh, than normal, but my goal is to eventually I talk about this with my husband all the time. And my goal in life is to quit cleaning. <laughs> so we're not quite, we're not quite there yet, but, um, I just, I hate it. I think it's waste time. I just, some people love it and just get like, it energizes them, but I just hate it. And I would just love to have someone come every week and just clean. And it can make a huge difference, especially in your relationship. If the only thing you guys fight over, like it was the only thing we fight about. Yeah. Like (laughs) so many people, if they get that one thing they fight about and they fight about to the point where their relationship is, is on the brink, it's like, don't get a divorce, get a house cleaner. Like these so many quits can save, save you that are a lot smaller than these big dramatic quits. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that's, that's going to be my homework from the episode or what are some small things that I can just decide to, to quit right now? I think, I think that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. And I've got two more quick questions. One, I always ask this all my guests, what is your favorite way to treat yourself? dancing and singing my new thing is i take myself to karaoke oh nice yeah i live across the street from a karaoke place and it's not always that people are up for karaoke and so i've just decided man nothing makes me happier than either dancing like everyone's watching or just singing my heart out and so i just take myself over to karaoke love it love it and where can people reach out to you if they want to learn more about your work and um you know get in touch and all that kind of stuff they can find me at Quitting by Design on Facebook and Instagram. You can go to my website, which is quittingbydesign.com, which has my podcast, Quit Happens, which is also on all the pod sphere <laughs> places. And my book, Quitting by Design, is there as well. And as well as coaching and speaking, you can get both of those from the website. And I have a Facebook group called Quitopia. If you want to come join the humble home <laughs> for all things strategic quitting on the web. And I have a YouTube channel at Quitting by Design. Wow. That's a lot of places. Okay. We're going to put all of that in the show notes so that hopefully you all can connect with Lynn Marie, um, especially if you want to quit something in your life, whether it's a relationship, a job, or just quitting, I don't know, cleaning or cooking or <laughs> something Anything like about. that. Quitting, quitting Instagram. I should probably quit. I, I don't know. I don't know. Instagram's hard because... I use it for my business, but I do need to have some more boundaries around it for sure. I, I do know a friend who is quitting Instagram because he is, and he, he's in the same spot we are. And he said, I w- it is worth it to my sanity to hire a person so I never have to be on Instagram again. I said, heck yeah, great quit. <laughs> hmm. Very interesting to think about. All right. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. And um, yeah, and hopefully my listeners will reach out to you because I think you have a lot of great stuff to share. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. Find the show notes to this episode and all episodes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. You can also grab bonus downloads and more resources to help you find love at veronicagrant.com. That's also the place you can learn more about my private love and relationship coaching and group coaching programs. And if you love this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you took a moment to leave a rating or review in iTunes. It helps me to build this amazing community and help more amazing women like yourself find real love. And until next time, remember, remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.